0: What's up? This is Brandon London and you're listening to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go Giants.
1: Welcome back, Giants fans, to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. This time was 75% British, 25% Irish, but absolutely still 100% Giants. It's a full house this week as uh, Kev is back with us. And, well, the New York football Giants are six and fucking one. Apologies for the swear with there. Lads, can you actually believe this is happening? <laughs> no,
2: nah, it's, it's amazing. i am um, got to be honest, it's something that I probably didn't envision happening this this season. Probably not even next season, in all honesty. You know, six and one, like, I don't care about it if people think we're the worst six and one team and all that rubbish. I ain't, I ain't really got time for that level of opinion. You know, what matters is getting them W's and we're piling them W's up and keeping them L's very minimum.
0: Yeah, no, it's like six and one. It's, it's we're, we're playoff contention now. I mean, this is a real possibility for us now. It just shows what you can do if you have talented players who are used correctly with good scheme good coaching on both sides of the ball. Um, you could actually go out there and win NFL games. And we all know it's very, very difficult to win in the NFL.
3: Yeah, you say, uh, Shane, we might be the worst 6-1 and one team in the league. We're the only 6-1 and one team in the league because there's only one team who have a better record than us, and that's the 6-0 and o Eagles. <laughs> so Get the, jo- in. the joys of loads of teams having a bye means that we can uh, make a little name for ourselves as the second best team in the NFL right now.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Improving to six and one, the only team with a six-one record. We hold that record all to ourselves. Um, two thousand and eight was the last time we were six and one. So me and Kev were still sort of in the early years of our fandom. Shane and Craig, while well, you were not even in the picture in two thousand and eight. You know? Yeah, you're not even in the picture in two thousand eight. So yeah, it's just it's just great. It's just a great position to be in. And like you said, Kev. We are we're in playoff contention now. There's there's no question, um, and it's you'd be stupid to not be looking for looking forward to the rest of the schedule and looking looking ahead to the postseason now because three seven games, we're just what else can you say really? I mean, we're going to go into it in a minute anyway. But another game, another fourth quarter comeback, and Dan Jones leads yet another sort of game winning drive. Um, just. All round a pretty good game, really. From the from the first um, first drive, which obviously ended in a touchdown, which was a uh, first of the year, first touchdown opening drive this year, I think. You first know, first it was,
0: touchdown in the first quarter, I think.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a it was a it was a quality start, and it was a, it was a great catch by um, Slayton in the end zone as well. Obviously, we travelled down to to Jacksonville as underdogs, but I think half of um, half the stadium was full of Giants fans yesterday. They sort of they they sort of they've nicknamed it MetLife South, because you look around that you look around the stadium during the game and it was just it was just a sea of blue. Um, it would have been nice to have been there in the swimming pool watching the game, you know, having a beer, but <laughs> because they've got two swimming pools in the stadium, haven't they? But yeah, we found ourselves you know in behind in the fourth quarter again, um, and we could come big, come back big and win the game. We're down seventeen thirteen at the end of the third quarter. And then we come back, 10 points. Shout out, the t- shout out the Jags. I mean, we'll come on to that in a minute, in the fourth quarter. And it's another comeback win. Um, Dan Jones, just solid. We'll come on to him in a minute as well. But yeah, 6-1. Now heading to Seattle in week 8. We'll talk about Seattle uh, next time out. But we're in a really, really good position. Dan Jones and Saquon combined for 217 rushing yards. Um, giving the Giants their first pair of 100-yard rushes since... Brandon Jacobs and Ahmad Bradshaw back in 2010 against Minnesota. It's a career high uh, rushing total for Dan Jones as well. Uh, Wondell Robinson led the led the team of six catches for 50 yards. Saquon leads the uh, leads the league in yards from scrimmage with 906, uh, and he's second in the league in in terms of rushing yards, just behind Nick Chubb at 726. But we currently have the best rushing offense in the league uh, with 1214 yards through seven games but we've got the fourth worst passing offence, which kind of you know, evens itself out, really. But averaging 21.4 points per game on offence and allowing 18.6 points per game on defence. It's a winning formula, essentially. Uh, scoring 21, allowing 19. If that, if that came in every game, we'd win every game. Um, so we're doing really well. And no turnovers committed again, and we only punted the ball away twice. So we've got th- plus three of turnover differential. Lead the league with 12 um but we have a league high for, of eight force fumbles uh, but a league low of only one interception as well so we're uh we're absolutely deserving of being in a being six and one and i think it's uh it's it's been a start to the season none of us could have ever ever imagined um considering you know the last four or five years we've had
0: it does feel like that doesn't it um does this seem like the type of game in previous regimes that we would have lost like all these close to... games, like we find ways to lose, and we keep saying that this team just finds ways to win, and you have to, you can't help but root for this this Giants team.
3: I feel like we say it every week, to be honest, that you know these are games we would find we would find ways to lose. It just shows the massive jump and the golfing coaching quality between last um, last year and this year. And um, I just want to quickly touch on a point that Dan made at the beginning about um, you know opening drive touchdowns. It was our first in fourteen games. I mean that's a hell of a streak for not you know not great uh, yeah, starting.
1: I, I remember seeing the stat when it came on, uh, after we scored. It came on the screen first first in fourteen games. Yeah, that's insane that we hadn't scored a touchdown on an opening drive for so long. But here you know, we break that streak and we're we're looking pretty sweet, lads, aren't we? We're not scoring a lot of a huge amount of points, but our defense is coming up huge and it's it's coming up with some really really big plays at, at key moments. I mean. We'll, we'll talk about it in a minute but the the game ending play i mean what how much you can't get any bigger than that really um our, you know when we uh recorded last week obviously kev you weren't here but we all had our sort of game predictions and we all predicted the giants would win even though they were um two and a half point three point underdogs three and a half points even some some bookies had them at um final score obviously is 23 17 I went for 21 13, Craig went for 2017, and Shane went for 2013. So we were all sort of in that sort of ballpark area. All said it'd be fairly low scoring, and it was. It came in on, yeah, I think the over under was 42.5. It came in under that. Um, I had
0: 24 17. Did I not post that through to you? No.
1: No. Oh, you were very close then, Kev. You were probably close out the lot of us. You were a point away. Um... Yeah, I think the over over under was at forty two and a half, so that's coming under. And I think I think the Giants have only beaten the over under once this season. I think one of the games has gone over, all the rest have gone under. I mean, I might be wrong, but I'm sure I heard that the other day. So, yeah, it's a uh, six and one going into Seattle, and we're looking, we're sitting pretty. I mean, I know we're second in the division, but we're sitting pretty at the top of the NFC, really. Um, a few key points from the game. Uh, first off, you know we all uh, have given our sort of player of the week. Um, we sort of posted it out on socials last week, uh, last week, last night, and also we uh, did the Twitter Spaces. Uh, we were where we sort of announced our player of the week, and I went for Xavier McKinney. So I went for McKinney because you know his stat line wasn't too impressive—three total tackles—but. Um, Big game players make big game plays and he made two big plays yesterday. Well, he he solely made one big play but he had a part to play in the in the game ending um, stand on the goal line as well. Obviously, we're down to 11-10 towards the end of the first half. Jags put together an eight-play 81-yard drive which took four minutes off the clock. Uh, second, down and 17, second down at the 17 and Travis, Travis Etienne uh, rushed for 12 up the middle for first and goal and McKinney comes in and punches the ball out into the path of julian love who recovered the fumble in the end zone for a touchback it was a massive swing right sort of coming close coming up close to half time um we could have gone into half down 18 to 10 but instead we go ahead with a 13 11 lead thanks to mr automatic graham gano so i think that was a that was an absolutely massive play um and just his presence on the field i think it just gives everybody a boost you know he's a defensive captain and it just gives everybody a boost him being on the field and obviously the assisted tackle t in the, the game um, on the goal line, making the stop with with Love with Murrow. and Landon Collins had a, play, a part to play in that as well to stop um, Christian Kirk getting in the end zone. So yeah, big game, big game player. He made big game plays, um, and my sort of key point of the game as well, um, the final drive. Now I mean we were all sort of sat there. I mean how how the Jags pulled off such a long final drive with a minute and four seconds on the clock I mean it was no thanks to the referees really um, because there was two, two, two penalties called on that, on that drive that were, that were absolute uh, BS really um, the first one with um, the hands to the face on Dane Belton which negated a, which negated an interception by Fabian Moreau uh, and the other was on Leonard Williams which was um Roughing the passer, which added an additional fifteen yards on to the twenty-eight that was already but gained by Jacksonville on third and long. Um, I just thought the 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 penalties on the on the final drive were awful, um, and obviously the precursor to that, which um, I know one of you's going to talk about in a minute with Barkley. I mean, we could have we could have left twenty thirty seconds on the clock, but we leave over a minute on the clock, and you know, Trevor Lawrence isn't. Showing everything that he can do, but he's he's a fairly decent quarterback, and he almost made us pay. Um, yeah, ten play, fifty four yard drive with a minute and four seconds left on the clock, and it was no thanks to the referees that um, that they they actually managed to get there. But yeah, I, I jumped and screamed in the, you know, when um, Moreau intercepted uh, Trevor Lawrence, and then for it to be pulled pulled back on a penalty on on Dame Belton for illegal use of hands. I thought was an absolute awful call, and the call on—I like said the call on. Um, uh, well, it was called on Dexter Lawrence, wasn't it? But it was actually um, Big Cat. Big Cat, wasn't it? That, that, um, that yeah, he a- should
0: know better as well. He like it is—it it's he—it's rubbish to see, but he put his full body weight on the QB, and that is not allowed. He should have known to like make the tackle and sort of like like pu- pu- pull away or come off him quicker
1: yeah i think he his his moment i think his momentum was mm. the fact he's, he's such a big guy his momentum was, it played a huge part in it but yeah he's a he's a he's a wily old veteran He know he knows better and that that could have i mean it was was it obviously it was a 20 was it 28 yard gain anyway so that was bad enough but then to attack on the extra 15 um just made it even more nail-biting and, and for it to go down to the last play uh, and then for us to get that stop was was huge and it was a massive relief when the uh the clocks went to zeros and we uh walked off with the win
0: just felt like they were going to do it didn't it? it just felt like everything was going for the jags to make that play didn't
1: it yeah and i mean obviously they would have needed the point after to win the game um which is obviously never a guarantee and it wouldn't have surprised me if they would have um you know had a had a had a flag like for a false start or something on on the on the pat to push it back an extra five yards to make it that extra little bit more nerve biting but yeah i'm just glad we made the stop and uh, and didn't even allow him in the end zone so yeah that was my sort of key point and key sort of play of the game um shane your key plays and key thought and your player of the game
2: yeah, so um, for my player of the game, went for a guy who I've been quite critical of, in, in all honesty, over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, I started the season saying he's not going to be on the roster in, in 12 months' time. And I think he's proving um, me wrong. Not that he really needs to prove me wrong, because he probably doesn't really give a toss. Um, but he's proving the coach is wrong and the fans wrong. And that's uh, Daniel Jones. Um, I said a couple of weeks ago, I thought he had probably his best game for us. But I felt like, yes, he was actually a little bit of a coming-out game for Daniel Jones in the sense of the way he performed. And for the first ever time, and you know, I might be massively forgetting previous games, and I'm sure one of you'll be able to correct me. But I felt like I actually saw like real emotion from DJ, Um, you know, it, it was both ends of the spectrum um, from the drop that was made by uh, Marcus Johnson, uh, which I'll come on to in a second. When he, you know, he had that frustration and that anger, um, maybe anger is the wrong word to use, but then also the kind of like the delight and what looked like kind of tears <laughs> when, he that, um, when he got that go-ahead uh, rushing touchdown on the QB sneak. So I felt like, you know, you saw both aspects from it. But, you know, he went 19 for 30, 202 yards, no turnovers, uh, 11 rushes for 107 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, I thought Daniel Jones had a, had a little bit of a coming-out game yesterday. And, um you know, I'm going to come on to the drops in a moment, but I know that he had a go at... Um, Marcus Johnson, he 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 screamed. It appeared on camera. He he was shouting something like "catch the damn ball" or worse to that effect. And then in the interview afterwards, he come out and said, "like you know, you he he shouldn't be doing that." But like to me, do that.
1: Absolutely
2: Bollock. should be doing that, yeah. yeah. Bollock players like, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, he's, he's a quarterback and any good QB will never throw their teammates under the bus. And I don't believe Eli ever done it. I'm sure you'll you you you'll be able to confirm that for definite. Um, But, you know, he, he, he's very much like, you know, kind of been Mr. Nice Guy. But sometimes you don't want be Mr. Nice Guy is not always good. Sometimes you've got to grab your wide receivers and say, look, you've got to catch that damn ball. Simple, no arguing about it. Um, so you know he, he come out and apologised for it. Bro, I was really happy to to see that aspect of him. Um, but touching on the drops, you know, I think I think our, our friends over at uh, Pro Football Fools, otherwise known as PFF, <laughs> had two drops recorded, which is complete BS. Um, I've counted at least five or six, and I've seen it as high as seven. And, you know, there were some key drops made. Uh, ones I've made a note of was Marcus Johnson with two big drops. One was on a first and 20. Um, and then the big one was on a, a four and two at the, the goal line. Um, Richard James also had a big drop on three, a third and 14 that would have taken the joints to the 41. Potential four down territory. Or you wouldn't have backed against Gano, missing the field goal from there. We've seen him from that distance before. Uh, and then Slayton had a... a, a a poor drop as well. First and ten with fifty seconds, fifty-seven seconds left in the um, second quarter. So you know, kind of that you look at Dan Jones's stats: nineteen for thirty. But you throw in at least five, maybe six drops there, and you can see why he kind of got frustrated just before, um, just before with Marcus John Johnson.
0: I mean, it is a great stat line from DJs. I mean, like even out there, you could see, like he's like I said before, he's the type of player that. um he seems to be better in rhythm. He's been given good rhythm by the offensive coaching, uh, the play calling and stuff. And you can see when the ball comes out of his hand, like when he's in rhythm, he's so, so accurate.
3: Yeah. And just one highlight for Jones, for me, was just the ability to run the ball. So the ability to kind of see that either if it was a read option or whether the, you know, the options weren't there, but he had the gap in front of him, the amount of times he took off and picked up, Key first downs and not small first downs. You know, we're talking first and ten, second and ten. He picked up some some big plays with his legs and slid for most of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, he did get hit on one of them, but it wasn't too bad. But I was just thinking to myself, oh, please God, no.
1: And how that wasn't called, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think that I think Jones had that one play where he tried to force it, and it was in it was in quite sort of heavy coverage, and it was almost picked off. Um, but I think apart from that one th- one sort of errant throwaway, sort of made a bad decision. Every other decision he made in that game was was a smart smart one, and it was a good it was a good decision. And he was he was he was really sort. Of, I I noticed I've noticed the last sort of couple of weeks he's really sort of commanding uh, the line. He's making those um, audible adjustments on at the line. You know, he's he's noticing the coverage, and he's making those adjustments. And he's being really vocal. And he, and every you can see. Everybody knows where they're meant to be, and if if they don't, he's he's pointing them in the right direction where they're meant to be. And I think his his overall confidence and communication under this offense, under under Kafka uh, and under Debo, I think is 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 shining through.
0: Yeah, I mean, he well, he, did, he did have one interception, but was called back for a penalty where um, the rookie linebacker, first round pick Lloyd, read the RPO correctly and and stepped back into the throwing throwing lane. Um and made the pick, but obviously it was called back for I uh, I don't know what the penalty was for exactly, but um, obviously that didn't kill the drive, thank God. But, but like you said, he's just he's making good decisions. Um, he's accurate, and um, with the which is so surprising with the wide receiver core that he's got, that he's actually making these plays. And you know, I'm hoping they expand the uh, playbook a little bit more in the passing game going forward.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I I really do. I think we've not we've not seen the best out of this yet we've not seen the best out of this offense yet and I think there's there's definitely more to come obviously losing Dan Bellinger for for a little while might might hurt us a bit um, and losing some some key players on the offensive line as well might might hurt us a bit talking of offensive line Kev
0: yes sir yeah I mean the offensive line that was just was something I wanted to point out um, with the fact that you know we've got a in my opinion, a, a, an average to above-average offensive line this season, and that's what we really wanted for in New York for for a long, long time. Um, but with um, our sort of makeshift uh, offensive line, we get two injuries. Um, I mean, was it Ben Bredesen and um, Evan Neal both uh, come out with knee injuries late in the first half, um, and um, Phillips. Had to step in at right got right tackle when he was been a guard his whole career, and um Az- 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 as I was can't pronounce his name, Izudu, Izudu, Josh Izudu. Sorry, Josh Izudu. Um came in at left guard. You know, um Izudu was drafted third overall, a uh, third round pick this year uh, by Joe Shane, uh, out a UNC. Um Phillips was a third round pick in twenty twenty. Um. By the Ravens, you know, and we claimed them um, off the practice, their practice squad early on in the season, um, and for those guys to come in, and it looked like we didn't really skip a beat. To be honest, I mean, like Zudu had had problems in the passing game earlier in the season. He's always been quite a good run blocker, um, but I didn't notice him at all. I mean, um, he was really good on pulls, uh, really good in the running game. Um, and like I said, in the passing game, I didn't notice him. So that's all you want. Like, you know, you, QB's got a got a clean pocket. I thought Phillips, who is a career guard, to be able to play right tackle, again, you know, he got beat a couple of times, but it, it didn't really affect us. It didn't affect the game we were trying to play. I mean, we had 14, 14 runs for 61 yards in the first half, at four four 4.35 uh, yards a carry. And the second half, we had 25 carries for 175 yards, which is seven yards a carry. So, you know, it just shows that you know they weren't directly responsible for that but it just shows like we were still able to do our thing do our game get get the run game going Saquon was able to pick up yards Daniel jones was able to pick up yards i mean it was the first time um first time the two players in the giants team had 100 plus yards since when was the last one then
1: 2010
0: 2010 i mean that's phenomenal um, o line play to be honest to be able to, to be able to do that so um it's just, um, it's just, yeah. I just wanted to shout out to the old line because for such a long time in New York, it's been a problem. And um, you know, um, we had a total, was it thirty-nine carries for two hundred thirty-six yards this game. So it's just, I just want to give a, t- a tip of the cap to the boys for being able to come in and to produce like that.
1: Yeah, I think for both of them, I thought, I thought slotted in really well. And I was, I said last night in the, in the group chat, I thought Tyree Phillips had a, he had a really solid game. At right tackle, taken over from Evan Neal, yeah, he got beat a couple of times. He gave up one hit on on Dan Jones, but he to, as a as a like I said, as a career guard to come in at right tackle and take over from you know half a rookie first round pick, he'd done he'd done a solid job. And I think Ezuru to come in again as a as a rookie lineman at, at left guard, and he I think he gave up was it two pressures, didn't give up a didn't give up yeah he I think committed a, a penalty on. On the O line, but he didn't give up. Didn't give up a sack. Done really, really well. And the fact that you didn't really have to mention anything about the offensive line yesterday just goes to show you how well they did. Because when you don't mention the offensive line, they're doing the job.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it.
3: Yeah, props to Mike Kafka as well for changing up the game plan. So I didn't, we not run heavy in that second half, mainly because of the fact that obviously pass protection was going to be a bit shaky when you've got. You know, two out of your five offensive linemen who have barely played this year, who probably don't have the chemistry with the man next to them. Um, so, I think I think that's that's a bit. It was a big call from Kafka, but I think he got the right. I think he got all the big calls right. To be honest, yesterday, I think the the offense was improved quite a lot, and uh, he was a big, a big, big part of that.
2: Oh, it is slightly annoying with the injuries, though. Any like a little bit. I'm sure we'll come on to it at some point. Maybe not this week. Maybe in the bye week or summer. But it's like how many times? I mean, was it um, Kev? Was it you who shared the chart earlier on? Is it like the most injuries or something like that? And we, are we third on the list? Second bottom, like I mean, yeah, second highest injury injured team this season. And to lose two of the five old line in one game as well.
1: And the, the incidentally, the least injured team is the team currently sitting at six and eight.
2: Yeah, we've had no injury, But I feel like every year it seems like we have injuries. Like I, I swear, someone's put a curse on us, like some voodoo witch person or something like that.
1: Yeah, and I yeah. the think they can't blame the turf this week because we were on the road in Jacksonville. So you know you can't exactly put, put that down to the, the the field turf. We got a MetLife. So yeah, it's a sh- injuries. Just what can you? What else can you say about injuries apart from it's rubbish? Um, Kev, your player of the week was uh, Fabian. Fabian.
0: Yeah, Fabio Moreau, yeah. I mean, um, I wasn't too sure who I was going to have his player of the week as I was watching the game. And as the second half unfolded, I was going to get the O-line as a whole. But I just kept seeing Fabio Moreau just make plays, or just not even make plays, just the ball not go to him. Or when it went to him, you know, no completions were being made. I mean, he's just, I wanted to give him a shout out as well, because he's, you know, he's the veteran cornerback, right? He, he's, he's come off the practice, he's got undone to the practice squad. He is he's 28, so he's been around the league. He's got, you know, a bit bit a bit of bit, a bit, bit of savviness to him. Um and he's come in. I mean, he played hundreds to hundred percent of the snaps this weekend. I think he's played most snaps since he's been here. Um anyway. I mean, he's and he's played just so well. Um, not that we listen to PFF too much or stuff like that. All these grading sites are just tools, just to give you a snapshot, give you an idea, they don't, they don't tell you the whole story. But they do grade him as like a seventy-two, like um and that's like an above-average starter in, in, um, in the National Football League. And to be honest, he is playing like that. And, you know, um, we've got a Dory Jackson on the other side who, who is a lockdown corner, in my opinion. Now, I think he's a phenomenal player. Um, and when we lost Aaron Robinson, we thought, well, we were a bit unsure about him playing out there, out on the outside anyway, because he was always a slot guy in college. Um, and when he went out injured, we were like, oh, well, what are we going to do? And To get someone off the street, like, like Moreau, to come in, he played so solid and he played like a number 2 cornerback which is fine considering like he was on a like I said before he was on the practice squad at the beginning of the season and yeah and I just wanted to give him some props like to say that like, you know he's come in and he's proven to be a starter in this league now and we thought it was going to be a weakness and it hasn't shown to be that so i
3: just um yeah I want to give him a heads up and he obviously made the big play the big big play like he was the first man, wasn't it? He? he he hit hit Kirk hard,
0: like on that final drive. Um, like Lawrence had an incomplete pass to Christian Kirk, you know. it was um, thirty-five seconds left. So you know these are big. This is a big moment and a big play. And then, like you said, in the final final play of the game, he was the first player to make contact with Kirk to stop him on the one, and then but he, he, he got away from him he got away from him but he slowed him down enough for McKinney to come in and love to come in and gang tackle then and and stop and that just shows the mentality of Wiggs defence as well you get someone off the street to make a play like that and then your savvy vets experienced players come in and um, help him stop um, Kirk from getting over the line it's just a great play
1: yeah I think it it was such a hard hit that obviously Kirk's momentum was taking him into the end zone and Moreau just hit him so hard that it just stopped him in his tracks and Allowed him to start to take him down, and then McKinney and Love, and then also Collins as well coming at the end, just to hold him and bring him down and oh, win the game for the Giants, baby.
2: It was like someone sort of said to like Moreau like y- you've got to make this tackle to save your life or something like that. Like that's the kind of like enthusiasm that he, that he had that like it was kind of like there ain't no way you're getting into this end zone it ain't happening sunshine that was the kind of the the way that he made that tackle
1: yeah it was it was i mean when when they made when he made the tackle i thought just don't break the tackle don't break the tackle (laughs) and then you like you said you just see that gang of white jersey just come and surround him and just take him down it was like i trying to sort of see if he'd like broken the plane and it was just like "Ah, ah, ah, ah." and then obviously the the clock was at zero and it was like have we won? yet yeah. uh, has he broken? No, yeah. yes, we won. Get him. <laughs> There's like a lot of very delayed reaction, um, but now just a just a huge play by Moreau at the end, and yeah, he had a fantastic game overall. I thought he's uh, great shout for player of the game. Um, Craig, your uh, your key points of the game. What do you want to talk about?
3: I always seem to. I've just noticed this is a second week in a row where I've come in with Mister Negative. I don't know. I don't know if I'm getting a reputation here. This is um, <laughs> Shane. You better watch out. This is Mister Pessimism over here taking over. But um, yeah, you know the the Giants did what they had to do on defense on Sunday, and and you know we gave up big plays. We gave up big plays throughout the game. We did it against Baltimore. We've done it again this week. But the biggest frustration, I think. Is the run defense because they they just left a lot to be desired. Again, you know, we entered the game last in in the league in yards allowed per rushing attempt, and we've we've just made it worse for ourselves. I mean, the Jags had twenty one carries for one hundred and forty two yards, six point eight yards per attempt. Etienne, who went in for his first ever career touchdown, um, also had one hundred and fourteen yards on fourteen carries, so eight point one yards per carry. He had a forty nine yard run, which I will. I will be a little positive because Kayvon Thibodeau on that run was an oh, absolute, man, like a terminator. He, he launched him. He was outrunning. Well, he outran Etienne because he, you know, Etienne had a good five yards on him, and uh, he outran the cornerbacks as well. and And dove like Superman, uh, wrapped him around the waist, and took him down. So, you know. We the, the thing you're gonna get with Wink Martindale is you're gonna get aggression, you're gonna get, you know, an exotic package. We saw it last week, uh you know, the week before against um, Baltimore where we lined up in what we called the uh England's love train corner routine. Um so he, he will move players around. It's just we're a lot better at pass defence than we are at rush defense. And if we yeah. carry on to be inconsistent at that, somebody's gonna punish us. Um
1: yeah. I'll just add to that as well. We're we're the only team along with Seattle to given up over a thousand rushing yards so far this season.
3: And who's up next?
1: <laughs> Seattle, exactly. <laughs> so it's gonna be it's gonna be a great game on the ground next week, isn't it?
3: Yeah. And then just to wrap up, my player of the game um, was Adoree Jackson. I think you know Jackson's pretty much done. Exactly what we hoped he would be after Bradbury left and really stepped up to that number one quarterback slot, and is playing like it. I, I you know, I think he's he doesn't get a lot of recognition. I don't think on the defense because he doesn't make big plays. We're obviously quite quite low down on the interception number this year. We've only had the one. It hasn't gone to him. Um, you know, he made Jackson made six tackles, one assist tackle, one stop. Uh, he allowed four receptions off eight targets he had two pass breakups though one of them um, was a deep shot to to Kirk um, in the second quarter and then at the end you know as Lawrence went literally two plays before we stopped Kirk as he went off to the sort of right hand side of the end zone to say Jones and and Jackson was there to to break up that pass I mean he's he, he's there for big plays, and he's a big play man, uh, and he, I think he's earning his, his worth at the moment. He
0: always looks like he's been shot over cannon, doesn't he? Oh,
3: he's so quick. So, so quick. Yeah, I
1: think um, he was evaluated for a concussion in the fourth quarter as well, wasn't he? But he came back into the game, didn't he?
3: Yeah, so obviously he, he must have cleared the protocol, which seems to get more and more difficult by the week since Tua, Tua's thing. Um, I think they must check for about eighty-four different things, but um, yeah, he cl- he cleared it all and came back in, and thank God he did because you know he broke up broke up that pass which could have been a touchdown only two plays before before the game ended. So
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, again, Jackson has been uh, he's been lights out this season. I think uh, he's just been, he's cemented that CB one role and he's just made it his own and. I love watching the guy. I love watching the guy play, and I think he's re- he's really shone in Wink's scheme this year. And I mean, I I, I sent that video of that um, the pre-snap movement on that one play where the, the 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 whole of the sort of different the front seven were just moving all across the line. You didn't know where they were going to set, and it was just like this is this is Wink Martindale's scheme, and I absolutely love it. Like his defense is is insane.
0: Was The last week, when they had three d- defensive linemen lining up behind each other like in a
1: queue. Yeah, the that's line- what I said. Like the the love, the love train. That's what we called <laughs> Wait, it. That, like. was,
0: is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's class, man. I love yeah,
1: that. It's <laughs> like, it. Yeah, just real. Like it's just that showing that look. Like they're probably like thinking, "What the hell are they doing?" <laughs> and like the look we, like I said the look we showed yesterday. We just had guys running all over the place like pre snap, and it's like, how can you call? How can you like call the coverage in that? You you can't. Uh, who, who am I blocking? <laughs> Yeah. um, I'm on this guy. No, wait, I'm on this guy. No, I'm on no. Oh, my guy's gone over out. If my guy's gone, over, oh, where is it? Where is he? Yeah, but no, Winks, uh, Winks, doing really like he's doing great things with our defense. And even though you know we've got we're missing Odulari um, and we're missing some other, you know, we're missing main... X Man this week. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's there's there's holes in the defense, but at the same time, he's he's bringing these guys together, and he's, you know, there was no real sort of. Really big name standout guys, um, apart from you know Thibodeau and you know Leonard Williams, but there was no really sort of massive standout guy. You think you know these guys are going to be one of the best defenses in the league?
0: Just to mention about the refs again, I mean, like Thibodeau was held so many times that wasn't called oh, uh, yesterday. You know, I was I was getting so frustrated.
1: Yep, I mean there was the, I think there was one replay. It just showed the uh, the offensive lineman was just all over him. He's gonna have
0: a two three sack game coming soon I'm telling you.
1: The tackle the tackle was just all over him, just holding him back like you wouldn't believe and flag wasn't thrown. It's like, come on.
3: That was the one where he basically had him in a headlock, didn't he? he Kinda of had him in the old sleeper holes trying yeah. to trying to stuff him from going.
1: Yeah, shocking. Shocking. But yeah, obviously we're 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 six and one. Our best best record three seven game since two thousand and eight, when we started eleven and one, ended with a twelve and four record and went to the playoffs. Um Instant, yeah, we lost in week 14 and 15 that that year to the Cowboys and Eagles um, Respectively uh, But we went on a one two three four five seven game win streak as well during that season between week seven and fourteen so We had a really early bye week at week four in 2008 as well. So that was interesting, but yeah, we were we're looking good We're looking good guys. It's a it's a relatively I wouldn't say easy because no game in this league is easy, but it's a relatively kind run in after the bye week, and I think it's you know the 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 world is our oyster. You know we can we can we can win as many games as we can win, or we can lose as many games as we can lose, because it's going to come down to on the day, and it's going to come down to the schemes that are drawn up by by Wink and by Mike Kafka, and you know we've got we've got Seattle coming up this week who. They've got, their, they've got their own problems, they've got their own weaknesses that we can absolutely exploit. Um, Dan Jones's 107 yards are the fourth highest total by a quarterback in Giants history, and most of that player in at that position in 76 years. Uh, it's the first time we've won our first three road games of the season since 2009, uh, when we swept a three-game road trip to Dallas, Tampa and Kansas. Um, Giants rushing in the fourth quarter, um, we had 17 carries for 130 yards, uh, 7.7 a- yards per average and one touchdown, eight first downs and five rushes of 10 yards or over. And through the f- first three quarters, our point differential was minus 16. In the fourth quarter, it's plus 36. We- I mean, we're the comeback kings at the moment, aren't we? Fourth quarter team. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's almost like it's kind of like a mirror image. You know, 2012, was it 2011? 2012 2011 wasn't it yeah the Super Bowl year when uh Eli made all those fourth quarter comebacks and I mean Dan Jones has proven to he can do it as well and coach Dable was the first Giants head coach since 1926 to start his career with the team six and one Wow Mate He absolutely deserves that cigar what an absolute Don he is what just head coach of the year Prove oh, me wrong. Easily,
0: easily. It pro- shows what the rest of the moment.
1: Pro- yeah, pro- I mean, prove me wrong, Coach of the Year. Not just not just bringing this team back from oblivion, but bringing this team back and making them competitive and making them the New York Giants again and making them that winning franchise that you know, we fully deserve to be.
3: You were saying, Dan, about there being five rushes of 10-plus yards in the fourth quarter. I mean, we have two players in the top five for 10-plus yards carries in the league this season. I mean, Nick Chubb's top, then Lamar Jackson, then Josh Jacobs. Saquon's got 17. Dan Jones has got 15. That's a combined 32 rushes of t- over 10 yards. I mean, that's just unheard of behind pr- you know previous offensive lines.
1: Insane, isn't it? it it's just the, the stat the thing is the stats speak for themselves as well i mean sometimes you can get so caught up in stats and, and sort of really sort of um over evaluate and over like look into stats but the stats we're putting out this year speak for themselves and you know we're not fantastic in all departments you know far from it we're not you know our our run defense like you said our run defense we're really struggling but the stats are where it's at and like i said it's there's there's so many stat lines that we we're like, wow, that's amazing. Like Dan Jones is only second behind Lamar Jackson in terms of rushing yards in the league. I mean, Lamar. We all know Lamar Jackson is a is a big runner, but Dan Jones to be just behind him is insane. Um, Saquon leading leading the league in yards from scrimmage, and second in rushing yards to um, to Nick Chubb. You know, our our offense is the, has the leading rushing attack in the league. It, just to have these have these stats in place and it the, the proof is in the pudding when you watch the games because we we're, we're playing so well um but final thoughts on the games then gents uh give me your last little quick take um up from the Jacksonville game um i hope we never get them officials again i mean i mean J- Jermaine Jermaine Tra or whatever his name is Jerome Trar, Jermaine Trar, whatever his name is let me find it I mean, I, I
2: sent I sent a tweet out last night on on the account saying, you know, the, even our wide receivers are performing better than them referees, and that's kind of saying something when you think of the drops that we've mentioned that that's how bad them refs was.
0: Hey, they was were shocking. were not hold back, you.
2: No, I'm sending a letter to the NFL and everything. <laughs> I wanted to explain the decision making. It took. so when we were talking about the um, the stop by Moreau, it was kind of like half the anticipation was waiting, thinking. The refs are looking at it thinking, oh, what can we flag for here? You know what?
1: I would not have been surprised if they pulled a flag out there for something.
0: It was so frustrating as well when we got that Moreau uh, interception that would have ended the game. Yeah. And for the, the flag was that was that the uh, Belton.
2: Yeah, and the BS
0: pass like, to That was ridiculous. That like no at that, that moment I was out of my chair, like screaming at the TV.
2: Especially when earlier in the game that we mentioned this off air. Darius Slayton um, had a, I don't, know which, I don't know what Jags player it was, but uh, he was trying to catch a ball and the Jags player had his hands in Slayton's face. Nothing called at all. And then you go and call that one on Dane Belt. And it was like, what is it? it it's like, the, it's like the, the refs had like money on the Jags or they, they were trying to do summit
1: to try and help him win because it just got infuriating. Maybe they need to look at sort of um, unusual betting trends around the referees and things like that. But yeah, Jerome Jerome Blake, Jerome trial blake absolute shocker of a game.
3: It's very off-topic here because it's not us at all, but um, there's a, an article that's doing the rounds at the moment saying that the refs in the Bucks game went and uh, asked um, Evans for his signature after the game, which is definitely being uh, investigated by the league now.
0: I've seen that footage, yeah, it is really suspect looking.
1: Oh, and
0: speaking of like refs and and the bucks like remember the uh, Tom Brady rough and the passer call, I mean, what was that rough and the passer call yesterday when sexy Dexie had a his fit his shirt caught in his finger like and um, his finger caught in his shirt and pulled him down and it was given as rough and the passer. I couldn't believe that.
1: again, that was just that some some of the flags were just unbelievable, but yet some yeah. of the some of the flags that should have been thrown that weren't as well. Dan Bellinger's eye gouge by Devin Lloyd. Was it Devin Lloyd? Yeah. Yeah, the eye the eye gouge, which has led to him having a fractured eye socket and him having to have surgery. How was that not called as a foul? Yeah, and even the, the Danny Danny Jones run,
2: where he, he, he get himself up and still got kicked. And to be honest, I'm, I'm quite surprised and disappointed a little bit that the Giants plays, especially the old one, didn't try and make a little bit more of a deal out of it. You can call it like bad sportsmanship or wherever, or playing games. But you have to do that every now and again. And like you know, the fact that John just got up didn't say anything. The O line didn't say anything. Like I'd have been all over the referee there, saying, "Why you're not calling that? That's a, that's a late. He'd get himself up. He was already sliding,
0: and he gets hit." Seems yeah. like they're quick enough to throw the flag for other teams, doesn't it? Hundred percent.
1: Yeah, just, the refs were just. I mean, they just had an sh- absolute shocker, didn't they? Just an absolute shocker.
3: I think my final thought just sort of jumping into a different direction was Barkley was so smart against the Ravens, so smart against the Ravens and kind of tried a similar thing in this game, which obviously backfired, which ended up changing the fortunes really and gave the Jags the opportunity to make that final drive because the clock should have been down to 25 seconds. And it wasn't, it was 107 um, because Barkley was pushed out of bounds, but I don't understand why we've gone to the side on that play. I mean, the play call was is baffling. But Arkley should have given himself up earlier if he knew he was going out there. All yeah, it I takes
2: say is... about my boy here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but it was a it, you know it's a lapse lapse of concentration um, that that shouldn't have happened. And you know it's a game management thing that we'll learn from and hopefully won't happen again. Because I don't think my heart will be able to take another one of them.
0: Uh. Yeah, you expect him to be smarter in that situation. And he should be. He just I don't know. He probably was made the run, wanted to get to the side, get down before he got to the sideline, and he just left it too late to make the to to give himself up.
1: Yeah, I think like I said earlier, the fact that the uh, the Jags were, had a minute and four seconds on left on the clock and they they drove down the field so well with that little time and no timeouts left as well. I mean Fair play to them, but they obviously got got a nice helping hand by the refs as well. Um few little injury updates obviously from the game. Um obviously Dan Bellinger left the game late in the first half after being absolutely gouged and like his eye gouged and almost to almost to the point where it looked like his eye was eyeballs was gonna pop out of his bloody head. Um that thanks Devin Lloyd. Yeah, really, really nice of you to do that. Um it's confirmed today that he'd broken his uh, he's got a fractured eye socket. And also fractured septum as well. And is gonna require surgery and he's gonna be out for a few weeks. It's a big loss. Um, especially the fact that he's you know was one of Dan Jones' favourite targets. Now leaves us just with two tight ends on the roster. It's not looking pretty at tight end. Obviously we've got Myrick and Hudson. Tanner Hudson, yeah. Um we're possibly gonna need some help at tight end. Um maybe looking to promote someone from practice squad.
3: This is probably something that Kev can touch on slightly better than I can, but um, I think we'll also miss his his um, blocking ability. I think Bellinger's really sort of shone in that department um, to a point that we didn't, you know, didn't expect him to so quickly. He's he's really sort of balled out there, and and he's got he has got high grades in in blocking. So that that's another potential loss, especially with as as they're they're coming, the uh the two offensive linemen's injury.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like he's been just a really good all-round tight end. I mean, he's statistically the best rookie tight end this season. Um obviously he's played probably the most as well, but um I mean o- the other tight ends like Hudson and Mark will give you a bit of blocking, but you'll lose will lose in the passing game because Daniel Bradge, like like I I'm saying, he's proved to be a really reliable target for Daniel Jones at We've all been excited with the the uh, we wanted him to straight away obviously, but they've, they've they've drip fed him, they've given him bits and bits and bits, and you could see that his trajectory throughout the season that he was actually going to get more targets and more targets. He was getting more trusted, and it's just such a shame for him, like for, for it to be cut short like this. And hopefully, it is just a few weeks going to miss the bye week will help obviously, um. But hopefully, won't be um won't be out for too long. I mean. We got Lawrence Cager, who we signed to the practice squad. Was it last week or the week before? Who um, is a converted wide receiver? But yeah, he's a converted wide receiver. But he, he looks like he is a big body player. You know, um, you know, and we might have to look at the free agent tight ends um, out there who, who who might go, or even a trade before a trade deadline. But but we'll talk about that later on.
1: Yeah, definitely. There's. Uh... I think also got to focus on this week at the Seattle at Seattle and I think uh, I think probably we'll just go with Hudson and Myrick and the uh the guy you mentioned from the practice squad as well. Um it's a shame to lose Bellinger, but I think he'll hopefully be back in a few weeks' time after the bye. And it helps that we've got some uh some nicer games and some easy, potentially easier games, not easier games, but kinder games coming up after the bye week as well. Obviously Evan Neal and Ben Bredesen both went down in the first half as well. Um, Evan Neal's got a sprained MCL, uh, which has obviously affected other players this year as well. Um, and like Bellinger, he's going to go, he's going to go undergo further testing today. Um, and if it's confirmed, he's got a sprained MCL, like he missed sort of two to four weeks, which is a shame because he's he's slotted into that right tackle position really well and is is performing at a really really high standard. And um, Bredesen went down late in the first quarter, and after sort of brief stop in the tent, he was carted into the locker room. The initial fear was that he'd done his ACL, but um, that's not the case. But he may have damaged other ligaments like Neil as well. Um, Dable said he's day-to-day, uh, but consensus is that he'll be out for a few weeks. And then, yeah, like I said earlier, Dory Jackson was evaluated for concussion in the fourth quarter. And obviously he obviously cleared that concussion protocol and came back into the game. But I think he's still going to be listed on the injury report for this week because of that. Um, so, yeah, some in- injuries suck um again we are we we've got no luck when it comes to injuries and that's that's I think that's the only thing that's really sort of potentially holding us back to be an even better team and I mean how much more, how much better can we be than than being at 6 and 1 <laughs> so i just hope it's not got to not going to have too much of an impact on the team going into seattle and going into the few weeks after the bye
0: i mean we've looked as well like we've all season we've had next man up mentality and we it hasn't hampered us so far, so it's just a case of that again. I mean, like you said about Neil, he was on that trajectory like um, Bellinger. He was started off shaky, showed his rookie faults, but you could see what we actually drafted uh, seventh overall. You could see the progression. You could see where he was going. Like that's just a shame for him as, as well to miss out in time.
1: Yeah, it's a big shame, big shame for him to miss out on time because our our offensive line was playing was is playing really solid, and I think. You know for them to from the guys to miss time is going to is going to be is going to be uh you know frustration but you know the fact that phillips and azuli come in and, and fill, plug those gaps and next man up and they did really well so you know let's hope our offensive line can stay solid um uh, last little bit as well um so going forward uh, at least one of us is going to host sort of a 10 to 15 minute um was it the spaces on twitter isn't it uh live after the game where we'll give him sort of quick reaction and then pass it over to to some listeners that are out there that want to sort of have their say almost like a sort of little phone in after the game like you hear on like talk sport and other net sort of radio stations like that just a little sort of just a little discussion and you give your sort of thoughts and your you know throw some questions at us and whatever so once we go live let us know if you want to talk and we'll uh we'll find time for at least a few of you to let us know your thoughts on the game or to ask us a question uh, we did it last night after the after the Jags game and it was it was good fun, you know. We, you know, me, Craig, and Shane were all on it, and we uh, we enjoyed it. So, I think that's going to be a, a weekly feature moving forward for the rest of this season.
3: Yeah, thanks to anyone who joined that, and uh, obviously apologies for some of the technical difficulties we had trying to set that up. It's something that we kind of decided to do on a whim and, and thought it would be something that would be good for you guys, and um, we'll tighten that process up a little bit as we go forward. But um, it was it was great. Being on there and being able to interact with you, sort of, not on a one-on-one basis because it's more of an open forum. But um, you know, big shout out to to Jamie and to Steve for both stepping up to the plate uh, with with sort of no uh, no real time to think about it. And you know, you both made some great points, and it was uh, it was really good to get into a, have a quick chat with you.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, also, feel free as well. Whilst the game's going on, feel free to uh, throw throw some questions into our in either into our inbox or you know tweet us a question as well to answer in the spaces later on and um obviously what the spaces are recorded so you can find you can find it afterwards as well so if you want to listen to it afterwards you can find that in there on you know just search for it in in the spaces section on twitter but yeah feel free to throw us a question whilst whilst the game's going on uh, and we can answer that after the game for sure um, Craig, your Five Things article went live earlier this afternoon. I've had a good read of it. It's another great piece in there, mate. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that on the full 10 yards?
3: Yeah, um, I won't go too much into it because, you know, little teasers, and it'll be good for you boys to uh, have, a little, have a little read of it, uh, or whoever. Um, there's a little piece in there about um, Daniel Jones and his coming of age, as I've called it, um, the inability to close out the game due to two parts, really, uh, a little deep dive into that final drive. Um, a little deep dive into the refs. I don't like talking about refs, but it was kind of you know written for me. Um, and then just a, a little piece on the the injuries as well. So yeah, go and check that out. Full Ten yardscouk slash giants. You'll be able to find that.
1: You absolutely will. Uh, Craig does a great job over there at the Full Ten Yards. Um, puts Put some good pieces together. Uh, so go and check him out give him a read and uh, let him know what you think of his, his his articles over there. He's doing a good job. Cool. Uh, that's all we've got time for this time around. Uh, but we'll be back later in the week to review our week eight uh, to review to preview our week eight match against the Seahawks. Uh, plus, we'll open up the mail the mailbag again to round out the week and leave you with our predictions for the game. Anything to add before we go, guys?
2: No, nah, let's uh, just in, enjoy 6-1, and one. I, know, um, I don't know if Kev's a little bit like me, but it feels quite weird not looking at the uh, the NFL draft prospects that are coming out and already looking for a top five pick, so it's, it's weird, but it's a nice change.
1: You don't need to be doing that yet.
2: <laughs> not at all.
0: Yeah, exactly, I'll be quite happy to pick in the 20s, late 20s, early 30s, I'll be quite 32, happy to... in <laughs> yeah, Quite happy to like, look at those type of players. Um. But yeah, no, I mean, like, like we said, boys, we're six and one, right? We are a team that finds a way to win. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we're a gritty team and we're a team that, like, we're starting to be proud of. Like, I haven't been able to say that for a long time with the Giants, like, but it's a team that we actually can now be proud of.
3: Yeah, 100%. We 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 all love this team. I think, Keith. A few weeks ago, you know, he, he summed it up when he said he lo- he loves this team. And I think that's kind of what the coaching staff have brought back, is they've brought back the pride in loving the Giants once again and not being ashamed to say, you know what, we do bleed blue and, and we are Giants fans and we don't care who thinks we're a crap team, who thinks we're an undeserved 6-1 and one team, because at the end of the day, we are 6-1. and one. Um, But just to touch on something that Dan said, um, we are back later this week, something that you guys are probably not used to. uh, And going forward, we're going to uh, stick to a a two-pod-per-week schedule looking at a review pod and a preview pod. So stay tuned. That'll be coming out in two days' time.
1: It absolutely will be. Yeah, we decided to mix it up a little bit and uh, give you all more opportunities to listen to our lovely, lovely voices. Talk Everything giants um, Remember to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram uh, We're at Big Blue UK, on Twitter Big Blue UK Ireland on Instagram uh, Email us Big and Ireland at gmail.com Leave us a comment a review on Apple on Spotify wherever you want to leave that review Whatever platform you listen to us on. We really appreciate the love and the feedback uh, my thanks as ever go to you all, to Shane, to Kev, and to Craig for joining me, and to you, the listeners, for tuning in. We are six and one. Sign off till next time.